0: Well, the cost of living, as we kind of talk about all the time, it's going up, up, up and up. And when you add into the cost of an item you buy, we end up buying in the shops or online. Of course, transportation, a huge thing that has to be factored in. A lot of goods get shipped in and out of Australia, which also has a bearing on what we all ultimately pay. And it seems like there might be a bit of a perfect storm brewing in the world of transport at the moment, particularly on the high seas. And joining us to cover some of that is Brian Hack, uh, who is in charge of EES Shipping. Brian, thank you, as always, for your time. It's been a while since we've caught up with you. 2023, it kind of seemed all right until the back end of the year, and then all of a sudden it wasn't. Yeah, so
1: good morning, Mark. Uh, yeah, about 12 months ago, we were watching freight rate rates sort of plummet, you know, from the big pandemic highs. But, yeah, it's a bit of a different story this year, Um, obviously from things that are outside of our control.
0: And that's the the trick, isn't it? I mean, you can sort of budget and plan around things that you know that are a fixed cost or fixed things that are just part and parcel of doing business and doing life, but all of a sudden you get a couple of curveballs thrown your way, and one of those, obviously, is all the turmoil that's happening in the Middle East. And explain what the difference it sort of makes when ships, instead of sort of are able to cut through the canal, they've got to go the long way round.
1: Yeah, so what we saw when uh, the Houthis started attacking vessels, and you know, even over the weekend we saw some missile attacks and on some tankers, which is quite scary for the crew on board. But yeah, what it does, instead of cutting through the Suez, if you go around uh, the Horn of Africa, then you're talking it's adding about anywhere between 10 to 15 days to a vessel schedule. But what we've also heard is that it adds around about $3.5 million per vessel failing uh, as well. So obviously that's got to be passed on to the customers and, and yeah, we're starting to see that happen now.
0: And let's be real, the last thing we want is to put anybody's um, life or welfare in danger by running through a, a part of the world that is very much unsafe at the moment and probably will be for, for a while. Um, so, again, that is one of those again, those extra costs of doing business that sort of that runs around there. I mean, is there thought or any industry-wide chatter around military protection in that part of the area so that uh, freight and fuel and everything can run through or is at this stage that's not really something that is being considered uh, at a serious level, you think?
1: Yeah, so it has been spoken about within like a lot of our industry bodies but, you know, even with, um, you know, you've got England, France, and the USA have like quite a big military presence there but even then you, you can't sort of go along with every ship that goes through through the red sea you know you're talking thousands of ships but and and what and, just the forces you'd need to protect all of those would be quite outstanding right
0: yeah and that's i guess something that we're not really grasping is the magnitude. I mean, it's not like just going across the local lake. It's uh, it's something that goes for many, 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 many miles. And like you said, the, the amount of uh, uh, manpower and firepower would need to make that, uh, quote-unquote, safe. Um, bigger discussions at uh, bigger tables, I'm sure. Now, domestically, there have also been some other skirmishes that have caused uh, some problems in the freight industry and, of course, the DP World uh, container terminal industrial action that is ongoing um. obviously you probably don't want to comment completely on your view on it, but whereabouts do, uh, where's the industry sit on this one? Where, what, do we, what do we think the likelihood is?
1: Yeah, so, you know, we, we don't want to take sides either way, but what we do want to take the side of is obviously the Australian consumer and Australian businesses, you know. I think it's gone on long enough. You know, uh, negotiations started in, I think it was March last year, and then they came to a head towards the end of September and then the industrial action started in October. So it's been going on for quite some time now and it's been quite crippling to the, to the economy. And you know, we've seen, seen a bleed in not just at the ports, but into the trucking, into the dehyde depots and, and quite a lot of warehousing space as well. So all of these little things are just like bumping up charges like landslide, terminals, freight rates. And even then, the shipping lines have started slowing down their services to to Australia because it's just not as viable at the moment.
0: And I I think that's, from their point of view, a fair thing. They've got to make a crust as well, and they look and go, well, we can pump all of our ships to Australia where there is... These um, uh, HR issues, the, the the pay issues and all of that, or we can go somewhere else where, where their contracts aren't due for another three years. So we'll pump, uh, pump our gear that way, and, and maybe that's just how it, it gets looked at. But uh, hopefully these things can be all sorted at both ends. The things that are um, uh, more within the industry control here and the stuff that's beyond as well so that we can actually see a, a more cohesive industry – uh, do you want a crystal ball, twenty twenty four, Brian? What, what, what do you think? Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, honestly, we're just hoping that this resolves sooner rather than later. Um, I don't think the Red Sea thing will resolve itself anytime shortly. Um, yeah, like you said, that's a bigger table than ours for sure. <laughs> but but what can be done on our end is is probably a little bit of government intervention and pushing pushing the DP world and and the MUA dispute as fast as possible because we don't really want that going on for another what could be like two or three months.
0: No, and again, like you said, I mean, this is the thing that I think for for people, and look, I know every every industry goes through their whole thing every time contracts are up and all of that, but everybody knows when the deadline is. This is when the previous contract runs out. This is when the new period starts, and you think that surely... Um, surely this stuff can be got right. I mean, they've been looking at this for nearly a year now. Surely we can uh, have this sorted so there's somewhat more cohesive uh, changeover from the end of the last page to the start of the new. But then again, there uh, there always are uh, motivations on uh, all sides for that not to be the case, mate. And we can start a whole the discussion there, Brian. But it looks like we've run out of time. Yeah, no
1: problem, mate.
0: Uh, thanks for the chat again. All right, mate, we appreciate it. And uh, good luck getting that stuff to and from us, mate. We appreciate it. Yeah, not a problem. Take care, mate. For me, ES Shipping, that's a Brian hack on uh, some of the reasons uh, why the cost of shipping may very well be on the rise again. And hopefully we can see a bit more stability, particularly in the domestic stuff. The rest, we we just have to cross our fingers and everything for...